in uh, during this time. Grateful for opportunities here, grateful opportunities in the future to serve God. Gratefulness always needs to be a word that we keep close to us in our lives and in what we do. So as we do those things this morning, and as we gather ourselves and, and get ourselves together, in the book of Deuteronomy, there is one of the greatest speeches of all time given by a leader as he says farewell. Moses was called by God to lead the Hebrew people out of Egypt. And when he gave his farewell message, he was 120 years old and had led the congregation of Israel for 40 years. Now after all these years, the big day finally comes. People are ready to cross over to the Jordan River and into the land that God had promised them. Moses had one time to gather people together one last time. And he gives them this amazing challenge. So what is it? Let's find out as we hear Moses' farewell, letting go and saying goodbye. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning and center ourselves around the Word. Gracious God, as we gather this morning, we are thankful for an opportunity to be able to serve you in all that we say and in all that we do. Let our ears be open this morning to this message from Moses, one of the great leaders of all time. As he speaks to the people, let it be speaking to us in the same ways opening us up, challenging us, convicting us, guiding us, encouraging us. Let the words flow from my mouth to ours. May be words that are yours that go right to our hearts. Pour your Holy Spirit on us now as we hear the word of God. And the people both here and at home said together, Amen. You're welcome to join us with the notes that will be on your app and be able to follow along with the sermon as you're watching this morning. So in the book of Deuteronomy, there is one of the greatest speeches of all time given by a leader as he says, farewell. Moses was called by God to lead the Hebrew people out of Egypt. The people have been slaves in Egypt. And God spoke to Moses through a burning bush to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let God's people go. This took incredible faith and trust in God. And Moses was putting his life on the line. But he did as God said. And God came through. Moses led almost one million people out of Egypt across the desert and back to the land that God gave to their ancestor Abraham. Because the people did not trust God to enter the land, though, Moses had to lead them for 40 years in the desert. When he gave his farewell message, he was 120 years old, considerably older than I am now. When he gave his message, he had led the congregation of Israel for 40 years considerably longer than I have been your pastor, although I think the last two years might count as ten years in themselves. Now, after all these years, the big day finally comes. The people are ready to cross over the Jordan River into the land that God had promised them. Think about the anticipation, the expectation, the change. They had been slaves, and now God was giving them their own land. They had lived in a desert, and now they were about to walk into a land flowing with milk and honey. Considering that the storm is here, more than likely there is no milk, and there is no bread, 
and maybe no honey. So we have grapes and wheat around the altar today. They've been living in tents, and God was about to, to give them houses they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant. Only God. But Moses, knowing they were not ready for all of this, suddenly upon them, brought the people together to give them this amazing challenge. And in Deuteronomy 29 through 31 and 32, we have the last speech of Moses. God has already told Moses that he cannot enter the land with the people. So Moses, knowing this being the last thing he will ever say to this group of people that he loved and invested in his life leading. It makes me think of like when parents who are sharing their hearts with their children before they go off to college, as, as I will be doing in this next year. Or a grandparent to their grandchild who they are not sure they'll ever see again. What are the last words you would want to say to someone that you loved? There's the powerful truth that went straight to the heart of the people and it still holds true for us today, the lessons we learn from Moses. Because first, Moses tells them to align their priorities now. Everybody both here at home say now. Now. When? Now. Later? No. When? Now. Align your priorities now. Don't wait. These are the words in Deuteronomy 29.1. It says, These are the words of the covenant the Lord commanded Moses to make with the Israelites in the land of Moab in addition to the covenant he had made with them at Horeb. So in chapter 29, Moses tells the people to keep God first. See, it was easy for them to keep God first in the desert they needed God. They relied on God for food and water every day. But Moses knew when they had plenty, their hearts would run after the things of the world after that, and they would forget about God when they had everything they needed. So Moses calls them to make the decision when? Now. Before they enter the land. For God to be their God. Don't wait until you are comfortable or distracted or have everything that you need. Make your decision now. One thing that we know about in life and about in the church, vision leaks. If you don't keep working on that, if you don't keep pouring into that, then we lose sight of what the promised land is really about when we finally get there. What an incredible principle for us. You don't wait until you are in the battle to prepare. You prepare now. You put God first in your priorities now before you get the big job, the big promotion, the bonus, the inheritance. You align your priorities before you become successful in this world. There's a campaign that's been around for a while that, that said, I am Second, And that was great. It was a great campaign. It was awesome. Stars and other folks told about how God's involved in their life. Meaning God first, and then I'm second. But really that campaign misses 
the whole picture. Because really, it is more about I am third. You see, third. It is Christ first. It is others second. And it's me third. If we put our career over God, we're asking for trouble. We will lose it all. If we put our children over our God, if we put our spouse over our God, then we are misaligned and our relationships will feel it sooner or later. Moses knew the heart of the people and that they would run after the gods of the land. And the same holds true with our hearts as well. The question is, do we love God or do we just love God's blessings? Do we love God or do we just love God's blessings? It's amazing how when times are hard, the desert, whatever that is for our lives, that we will spend time with God and hold on to God with everything we have, like no tomorrow. But in good times, we tend to forget about God. Put God first always and in everything. When should God be? First. Others second. Me third. Second, Moses tells them to choose life. To choose life. In chapter 30, it's all about God's faithfulness and the encouragement to choose life. Verse 15, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in His ways, observing His commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But, and it is always a but, but if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. So Moses is saying that we have a choice to make. They have a choice to make. It's a choice between life and blessings and death and destruction. What will they choose? Our lives are also the result of the decisions that we make. Not just the big decisions, but the small everyday decisions. The little decisions become our life one by one, added together. So what will we choose? Will we live life our way? Or will we live life God's way? Moving into the land of prosperity, Moses knew the people had to choose God over the gods of the land. And every day they would be faced with difficult decisions. They would be tempted to grow comfortable and complacent. They would be tempted to fall in love with the things of the world 
and to slowly drift away from God before they even knew it. But Moses challenged them to align their prosperity, to put God first in their resources, and to be generous. At Good Shepherd, we have always been blessed with a community of extravagant generosity. And for that, I'm thankful. Because whenever we've asked, people have given in all areas of life. We've been so blessed. But we must also choose whether to use what God gives to us to build our own kingdoms or to build God's kingdom. You know that I'm fond of saying we are blessed to be a blessing to others. That's why we're blessed. Be wise and generous is the only antidote to greed and self-absorption. Opening our hands up and giving changes who we are. From that tight, clenched fist, I've got what I want, it's all mine. Moses challenged the people then, and God challenges us today to continue to be extravagantly generous in every area of our life. So the question really is, are you intentionally aligning all God has given you to build God's kingdom and invest in others? Are you using all that you have to build God's kingdom, invest in others? And so when Moses had finished speaking all these words to all of Israel, and there are many more, he said to them, I am now 120 years old. I'm no longer able to get about. And the Lord has told me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over before you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua also will cross over before you, as the Lord promised And so finally, in chapter 31, Moses brings Joshua up to join him in front of all the people. It says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and bold, for you are the one who will go with these people into the land the Lord has sworn to their ancestors to give to them, and you will put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So Moses blesses Joshua and essentially passes the leadership of the baton of leadership to him, which we'll talk about more next week. It's a powerful moment. You see, so many times in life, we make it all about us. We live in an artistic society that's all about iPhones and selfies. It's all about getting recognition. It's all about what I can get and does it benefit me. But our call is putting God first. Choosing each day to build God's kingdom and invest in the life of others. You see, Moses did this and it made an incredible difference for the glory of our great God. Now, everybody loves to have some recognition. I mean, I I got a plate full of that, not only in food, but also in words last Sunday. 
And it, it is an amazing feeling to, to know that the work that you've done over the years is recognized and seen. And that's good. But it's never why we do it. And it should never focus on us. You see, Moses realized that he was a, just a part of the story, of a greater story, and that God was the star. And that's what it's like in ministry. We're all just part of the story, pastor, people, of God's greater story for a certain time in life. Then the day finally came for Moses to say goodbye. And the Lord said to Moses, Your time to die is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting so that I may commission you. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And the Lord, the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud. And the pillar of cloud stood at the entrance of the tent. And so Moses' assignment concluded prior to going to Canaan. He would not go into the promised land. But as he stood on Mount Nebo, which is what this is, looking out into the promised land, this is an actual picture of this. Are you going to Mount Nebo? This is the actual view that they will have in some form or another. This is him looking out, exactly what he looked at, towards Canaan, towards the promised land. And peered into the land and saw Israel's future. And he was full of anticipation. From that high vantage point, he was able to see Jericho, the city of Palms. God showed him the land from Gilead to Dan. And what he saw was green. Yeah, there's green in Israel. Some man-made, some not. He saw fruitfulness. He saw and knew the best land was ahead and would be found with the people pushing on, even without him. And that thrilled him. From my vantage point, as I say goodbye to Good Shepherd, I see lots of green. There is green everywhere. I see fruitfulness I believe there is blessing ahead as you push forward into the future. The green of children, the green of youth, the green of serving. All the things that happen here in this great church that will continue to rebuild again as COVID becomes the pandemic to the endemic and we learn to live with it. We go forward. We've never stopped. Not one bit. We kept going forward the entire time, pushing through and pushing through, never losing ground for long before we reclaimed it and took it. There is green ahead, and that thrills me. Push on. Keep moving forward. As Moses knew and I know, we have not come to this point for nothing. We have not spent the last ten years in the wilderness and learned the lessons of being in the desert for nothing. It's time to push on past that point and go into the land that is fertile and green, a land flung with milk and honey, a land where debt dissolves, 
But as with Israel, with the blessings, there will be huge challenges still ahead. But notice what Moses says. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. You can't beat that promise. That God is going to be with you. That God has been and God is unfolding God's plan. God is orchestrating. God has and assembled God's leaders for the next leg of the trip. The journey by no means is over just because the desert is behind. And Moses reminded Israel that God would go with an obedient people. Obedient. Be determined today to continue to obey God's word and live into God's plan even when you're not sure what that is. You do your part, Pastor Regina will do her part. That's how it works. I've told you several times in in different staff groups and different groups of leaders, don't have a wait-and-see attitude if you like the new pastor or not. That's not our role. Let me just sit back and let me see if I like her or not and if I can accept her. Instead, you need to look and see look and see how you can help attitude. Don't wait and see. Look and see. How can I help? How can I be that person to be present alongside of her as she makes this big change in her life? Partner with her. Participate with her. Help her to succeed. You see, everyone in the congregation of Israel who was 40 years and younger had only known Moses as the leader. Think about that. And if you have been here nine years or less, you only have known me as your pastor. And that is quite a few of the people who are here if we all gathered together. It will be different. As I told the staff, it will feel weird for a while. It'll just feel weird. But let's de-weird it. Is that even a word? Okay. The answer to that was a word, so I'm going on record that de-weird is a word. Let's de-weird it. God is in charge, not us. Amen? God's Joshua is ready to lead this church into the future. So take the land. Work together. Fast forward a few years after the conquest and the allotment and the settlement, and now you have Joshua giving his farewell address to Israel. Church will always be a series of Moseses and Joshuas going from one to another, a series of hellos and goodbyes. And now it was time for Joshua, and as he challenged the people and called for their commitment, he reminded them of the faithfulness of God, just like Moses had done many years earlier. And he says in Joshua 23:14, "You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled 
no one has ever failed. Some of you can trace your time back to the beginning of this very sanctuary in the mid-1990s. A very few of you can trace your time back to the beginning of two churches, Shepherd Hills and Good Shepherd, coming together to meet in a school to begin something new in a promised land of their own. With Israel's Israel, with Israel, Joshua's call and Good Shepherd's call to faithfulness, they were not based on some leap in the dark that things just might work out. It was based solidly on the demonstrated faithfulness of God. My call to you is to be faithfulness for the future. It's not some leap in the dark. Solidly based on the faithfulness of God to us, which we've already experienced and will continue to experience as we're obedient to God. And for the story of Good Shepherd that goes beyond any one pastor, any one person, a story that continues from one to the next, from Alan in 15 years of creating under God's guidance this place from the place in Rivergate, to Denman, who kept these doors open during the most crucial time to be a good steward of what he had and to make it all work to me. Take what we had in shambles and in rubble and to build it back up. Stabilize the foundation to get us ready to go to that promised land. And now to Regina. That's how it works. The story of Good Shepherd is larger than any one of us. And that story goes on. Follow God. Obey God. Love God with all your heart and your mind and your soul. Commit to this place where God is at work and give it your best. Gratefulness. Obedience. Dependence. We once talked about that in the sermon series and I've worn it ever since. And there are a lot of bands running around here still that you can wear too. You focus on these three things and you'll be going in the right direction. Continue to be faithful to what you do so well. Connecting people, growing disciples, serving and caring, and going out to see where God is leading you next. And so to close, as Joshua concluded his farewell message, he said, the question is not whether God is on our side, but are we on God's side? It's not whether God is on our side, but are we on God's side? We cannot determine what others will do, but we can decide what we will do. As Joshua addressed the families of Israel that last time. And we have it in our house when you first walk in. It was actually, as Susan reminded me, I knew someone had given it to us. And, but it was actually a wedding present. And it hangs in our house when you first walk in the door if you've been to our house. And it says that famous verse that Joshua is known for. As for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. From the very beginning of our family, this has stood in our house. We might be going to different houses. But we will always be gathered together in God. Because as long as you say this and as long as you live this out in this house and in your house and in every house, then together we will be serving the Lord. Say it with me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say it again with some gusto now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. So I just invite you to sit in the presence of God now. Think about what these lessons from Moses mean to you. What does it mean to align yourself? choose life? What does it mean to prepare your heart to follow God and to be obedient, grateful, dependent? The gospel is really simple if we listen to it and if we let it go into our hearts.